a podcast called What Am I Doing With My Life by Andrea Sadowski. <laughs> All right, episode 10. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I am here with my old friend Maggie today. We met in high school and have kept in touch throughout the years and have watched each other's journeys through the great app of Instagram. Maggie is one of my role models in that she is very true to herself in listening to her intuition and following the path that she has chosen for herself, not one that anyone else has expected from her. She's always on a new journey. Right now she's doing an internship in Malta. She's helping an organization with refugee claimants on the island. Um, yeah, and we were able to meet briefly when she was back home in Delta over Christmas break. Our moms live just down the street from each other, so it was really convenient. And while we talk about a lot in this episode, there's still so much that I just completely forgot to bring up, like her tree planting gig in northern BC and her near-death experience in Thailand and just so much more. This girl is full of crazy stories and is always going on the wildest adventures. So be sure to follow her on Instagram to keep up. I'll include all the links in the description of this episode, including a link to the blog post with all the show notes and a full episode transcription. So I hope you like this 10th episode. In other news, I might take a small hiatus or maybe just post an episode every other week instead of weekly. I don't really know yet. Um, producing one of these episodes from start to finish probably takes around like eight to 10 hours. So I'm just trying to be like more cognizant of my time. If you are liking what you're listening to, leave a review, leave me a comment, send me a message, let me know that you hear me so it's not just me shouting into a void. I do have a lineup of exciting guests still to come on, and I'm just going to keep making episodes until I run out of friends to interview or until I figure out what the fuck I'm doing with my life. So (laughs) it might be a little bit. So let's just, let's just see. Thanks for tuning in and let me know what you think about this episode with Maggie. Yeah, I quit my job and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? What's even happening? Well, let me talk to people who sort of have their life figured out a bit. Um, (laughs) So should I go? (laughs) Well, you're like instantly regretting having me on. No. Well, your life has been constantly figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't know what you're doing with your life, but it's it's been a journey of yeah figuring out what what to do with your life. So let me introduce you. Okay, this is Maggie. We went to high school together. We first met, I was in grade 8, and you're in grade 10. Uh-huh. And we did a musical together. Oh my gosh. Your brother was the star of this musical about the ugly duckling. Uh-huh. And we were both in the chorus. No, I was in the chorus. You were some other... I think I was a hen or something. I yeah. was another one of the birds. Yeah. I, I was remember a bird, I had a but song, but I don't yeah. remember the song. No. It was a it was a strange musical. I don't That's know how they so even chose funny. to do that it's musical. It's so strange. Yeah, and the whole musical choosing scheme of musicals. I, I don't think know that why is they the chose strangest. That one. Yeah, it has a great message, but like, honk. No one had ever heard of it. I had never. I still yeah. have never heard of yeah. that. Like that was the only time. Um, like why didn't we do Grease? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then next they did, I think they did, oh, you were graduated, or no, Beauty and the Beast. Were you in that one? They did Beauty and the Beast while I was there? <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't even remember You weren't that. in musical theater at that point. You'd switched out. Maybe they didn't pick me. Because I was also in the chorus. I was like a tree and a fork 
and a villager. You know, just like average oh chorus roles. That's actually so funny. It was way too intense, though. Like, I don't remember Honk being that. And like, we had a very small cast compared to the cast of Beauty and the Beast. Like, it was yeah. like triple the size, and the rehearsals were like. Oh my god, so many rehearsals, and I'm like, I don't need to be in this many rehearsals as a chorus yeah. member, but, like, you needed to be, to, like, prove your loyalty to, like, the stage, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is too intense, so after that, I just quit. That's I fair. just, yeah, did that one more. I feel like something happened for me, but I can't remember now. Maybe it was so traumatic that I've blacked it out. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, honestly, a lot of high school, a lot of Siakwam yeah, memories. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. But I do remember, like, sometimes I just wouldn't feel that I'd need to go to class because I felt like sometimes it was a waste of my time. Mm. And I remember the acting guy, the... The drama teacher. Yeah. He found me in, in the library a few times, just reading mm. a book. And mm-hmm. He'd like tap me on the shoulder and be like, why are you not in class? It's weird that he would look around. Uh-huh. It's I like, why are you too. not in class? Like, yeah, why, you why, why are you out here looking for me right now? Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. is weird. Yeah, so maybe that's why I wasn't in Beauty and the Beast. Maybe. Because I definitely could have been the beast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay so that's how we met and we stayed in touch because we both took similar paths like left canada did a bunch of crazy things so this is a podcast about yeah vocation careers what are we doing mental health uh and then finding joy in in your career i guess because that was something like i had a like a mental health episode in the fall and I was basically like is this it like is this all life is like because I had just worked in a nine-to-five for a year I thought like I graduated university and I'm like I thought you know this is what people do they go to work they get a nine-to-five they work and they get a paycheck and they pay their bills and they work and it's just a cycle and I'm like is this it and it feels like you figured out a way around that because you have just been (laughs) so many things you've lived so many lives in the one life already and that's a cool way to put it thanks so let's start at the beginning you graduated high school yeah and then 2009 2009 who's fine oh nine yes <laughs> <laughs> and then what'd you do wow okay so i moved to i moved to england well i traveled europe mostly western europe Moved to England, was a nanny, an au pair for a little while there. Mm-hmm. Out of high school, when I was 16, I went on the school Europe trip. And I think it's showed me that there's so much more to this little bubble that we all live in. Mm-hmm. And this bubble that we're almost like, like forced into, like you're forced to be friends with, without like, not physically, but like forced to be friends with the people that you're around because that's who you're around. And that's all it seems, but it always seemed for me for younger from such a young age that there was so much more out there um and then from 16 I went on that trip and I think it just opened my eyes and I couldn't close them again Mm -hmm. if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so I had to keep going and I still have that in me like I have to keep going like it's never it's never the end it's never enough like I have to keep going I have Mm -hmm. to keep living basically it's like uh a journey my relationship with Europe. Like I just come and go from there mm-hmm. um, throughout the years, but England and then Amsterdam as an au pair again. And how did you choose to be an au pair? 
Like, um, how did you get that job? That's a really interesting question. I remember, like, making a profile, but I don't remember how I came about to go and be a nanny. I know I babysat kids around the neighborhood and stuff, and, like, they seemed easy to me. Because mm-hmm. um, that's a pretty popular job, like, for people who want to travel. They, yeah. they won't be au pairs. Yeah, because it gives you, like, accommodation. It gives you room and board, mm-hmm. and then just a little bit of spending money. Like, it's not a lot, but it helps you be able to see a place. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't you feel like you... So it wasn't, like, 24-7... Like, being a live-in nanny, yeah. wasn't that, like, you're working all the time looking yeah. after this kid? It's pretty interesting because you really have to set your boundaries. Yeah. So, like, you really have to talk about everything from the get-go because, like, it's... I mean, it's never too late, but once you um, are in it, it's hard to go back and be like, hey, so this isn't working out or, yeah. like... I kind of need to sleep during these hours or mm-hmm. I need like these hours on my own because you are living in the house. Yeah. Um, well, being so young too, when you're mm-hmm. in a new place and you feel maybe indebted to these people, like, yeah. were you able to set those boundaries? I struggle with it sometimes. Um, I think a big one for me was like, sometimes you'd want to go and you'd end up somewhere where you'd want to like buy the kid an ice cream or something. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards going to ask for that money. I always found that was an awkward one. Yeah. Um, and then just saying no in general, like the first family I was with were like amazing. I can't even say a bad thing about them. I'm still in contact with them. The next family I was with, I think it was like the boundary of your time Mm -hmm. because you're in the house. It seems like you are always available. Mm -hmm. And I think now it's transitioned in, in our lives now because so many people work from home. So they are setting those boundaries like this is my work time. Even though I'm at home, I'm not available. Mm-hmm. But like if someone was in the presence and you could see them at, at home, do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they seem available mm-hmm. and then they're always available. So that was that was a struggle for sure. I found it hard. Yeah. Um, but looking after kids wasn't that hard for you. No, I felt like at that point, maybe because I was so young, kids were so easy. They just they needed certain things and they wanted certain things and there was like patterns in every way they showed that do you Mm -hmm. know yeah so i don't think it was the kids were the kids are fine okay yeah nice yeah and then so you you basically did a job and saved money and traveled and did a job that's your pattern exactly and then like i i mean you never really save that much money when when you're doing these kinds of jobs but you get to know a place for a long period of time because mm-hmm. you're there and you're meeting people from all over the world. I definitely made it like uh, a goal of mine to meet all types of people. Mm-hmm. Like if there was a group of Canadians and then like a group of like a whole bunch of people from all over the world, I would go to the other group because I wanted to mm-hmm. like branch out. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same thing about like wanting to know more about the world. I wanted to understand more about cultures and people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then from there I went to Asia, which was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And every time since, Asia's been crazy. <laughs> Have, did you work in Asia or just, like, backpacking? I backpack. Sometimes I would, like, volunteer different things, but nothing, like, no, like, official, mm-hmm. um, like, accredited volunteering, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It was more just, like, um, I'll do this if I can stay here or that kind of Like thing. the world packers? Kind thing. of, but, like, there was nothing. I wasn't a part of anything oh. like that. Yeah. So how do you find these opportunities? I would just go and talk to people. Oh, crazy. Yeah. That's kind of how I've always found everything. Because even when I was in India, um, I was doing a yoga course. And then afterwards, I was doing their photography so that I could stay and eat for free. Mm. Well, not free, but like, you know, the exchange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was asking around for like animal welfare organizations. And I found this one lady. And so then I was like helping the street animals 
little cows in the street. Like, what? Yeah, she was. She made like she would make these little patties for the cows um, that were injured, and oh. we would go and feed them all. And she had different food for all the injured dogs, and she would check on them every. Oh my gosh! Every week or something, she would kind of know where they might be, and she'd know who like the big dogs were that you would want not want to mess with so she's like if you're gonna feed this guy we have to feed him in private or the big guys will come and bully him oh yeah it's crazy she knew everything about the animals whoa but you've also had like hospitality jobs too in canada like you work at a train right yeah yeah i worked for rocky mountaineer for four years four years like four seasons four seasons yeah so then like it's kind of like six months of the year and then the other six months i would travel Mm mm-hmm so again, same idea was like to fund my travels. I came, I came back to Canada. I was planning on just not coming back. I had been gone for like two and a half, three years. And I was like, no, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to see the world. But then like when I was in Asia on that first crazy Asia trip, my luck just kind of like ran out. And I was like, luck, money, maybe I'll go like see my mom for a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, and then I wasn't sure what I was doing with my life. So I, and then I found this job and it was super cool. It opened up like a world of opportunity outside of myself, but also inside of myself because you're like public speaking in front of people Mm because it's tourism and you develop this, this ability to tell stories, Mm -hmm. which I think is a really cool skill to hone in on as, as a person because you have like, you Mm -hmm. can captivate and you can tell and then you can end. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool. And you're still meeting people from all over the world. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all these people are coming on the train. What was your role? You were, like, a stewardess? Yeah, it was called, for that train, it was called a host. So you're, like, there's different roles. So you do, like, the fine dining, you do bartending, and you do, like, commentary storytelling. Oh, wow. Um, Sometimes you do all three at a time, (laughs) like, holding a tray of drinks. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was really fun. You got to see, like, these beautiful sights in Canada, like, the Rocky Mountains are mm-hmm. amazing. So it gave me an appreciation for Canada after being away for a while. Um, yeah. And then I kind of got this in my mind that I wanted to work on all of the major trains in the world. Yeah. Which would have been, like, really cool coming to you now telling you that I've worked on all seven major trains in the world. But um, I got on the one in Australia, and I was the first person in the world to do both. Oh, wow. So they were, like... It was uncertain for them because they had never hired um, in Australia. Well, at least they told me this. They had never hired a non-Australian native to work on that train. Mm. So it was kind of like a complicated pioneering process, I guess. How Um, did you end up getting the job then if you were the first? I applied. I just applied and I had a visa to work there and everything. And because I had worked on one that was so like on par with them, they were like super interested in it. They, so I think that's really one of the reasons they hired me. Um, and now since then they do it, they hire people for short periods of time, Mm -hmm. but because it's not like a seasonal job, that one is a job that you can just do Mm -hmm. for ever if you want that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. So that was super cool. Got to see different parts of Australia that you would never see unless you worked on this train because it traveled like through the middle Mm. of Australia. Yeah. Became train obsessed. Yeah. Even got a train tattoo. Wow. Yeah. And so those are the two trains you've worked on? Yeah. Nice. Yes. Any plans to work on the other ones now? I was trying, and that's why I ended up in Ireland, actually. I was, um, so the Orient Express is the main European one, and you need a second language to work on that train, Mm. and I I don't have, like, a fluent second language. They have a branch in Ireland 
and I was hoping to get on that. And I knew someone who was working on it, but he told me that they only had like five staff members that never changed. Mm. And so I didn't, I, I just never heard back from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Based, that was basically it. I don't really know how things happen or how I end up there, but then I just somehow am there. Mm. You don't like, plan for it. Yeah, like how I became the nanny or the au pair, I'm not exactly sure. Or like how I became this train job. Like they're just like these things that almost just like... Manifest. Yeah, in a way, but then also just meld into the next thing. And you're like, yeah. okay, I'm here, but how did I get here? Yeah, I'd say everything just kind of happened and continues to just happen. So now you're based in... You're based in Ireland because you decided to go back to school. Yes. What was, how was that decision process like? Like, why did you? It's so interesting because it's like so similar to everything else. It just is like, I had this idea and then I was doing it, but I don't know the A to B, but it was during COVID and the lockdown. And when everyone was having these, um, epiphanies about their lives, Mm. you know, and, And um, you couldn't travel anymore like you used to. Like you couldn't. But I kept having this, I don't know what it, what the word is, but like in my mind, I'm like, if I'm a real traveler, I should travel right now. I didn't know because I was like, well, if I really want, if I really am the person that I have like, like made myself out to be all these years, why aren't I just traveling and breaking the norm? Because the world shut down, I could still travel, mm. you know, there's a lot of people still traveling. So I battled with that, but then I also like loved that I almost couldn't travel for a minute. So then I could just slow down. And I had just done yoga courses, sound healing courses, meditation courses. So I was like honing those crafts. Mm -hmm. And I became like this little baby vegan chef. And I was like Mm -hmm. cooking like crazy and creating recipes and like giving them to different restaurants. And like that was so fun to hone all of those little crafts for a while. But then it just became repetitive. And I'm like, this is just living but also just living like this and then also traveling is just the way I've been traveling is just living like like a flat line almost it's not but it's just the same thing all the time like you're going to a new city and the city's going to have really cool thrift shops really cool cafes and a really cool culture but it's going to be very similar to every other city Mm. it's not but you start to see patterns yeah and same with nature even though it's not it's all beautiful But it just is like, okay, so I'm just going to see this thing, experience this thing, Mm -hmm. and learn something, and then what? Mm -hmm. And it all just felt really like I was not growing in it. Yeah. Like I had reached a point where it was just like a 9 to 5, you know, where you're just, it's so different to a 9 to 5 because it's never going to be the same day in Mm -hmm. a way, but it felt like that feeling to me. Like plateaued. Yeah. 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 So... I wanted to be able to travel for more. Like, I've I've always wanted to understand the world and help the world. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where I kind of brought the two together Mm -hmm. and decided that I was trying to get to a point of reaching something where I was doing more in travel without the academic world because I wanted to show show the world that you could get there without going there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's I guess that's it. Like, I just decided to study so that I could continue traveling but for a different purpose or like to do more within my travels Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah to have like a purpose behind yeah like like a a greater purpose rather than just gaining life and like Like living self-discovery yeah yeah 
helping or yeah. something. Yeah. So you're majoring in human rights. Yeah. Yeah. In what is the university? So it's just changed the name. So it's the University of Galway okay. in Ireland. And yeah. And how did you decide to be an international student? Like you got to pay through the roof on tuition. Absolutely. Eh? So any donations, welcome. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think because I was living in Ireland and when I was researching programs, it just felt right. I was considering Canada, but then I didn't know where in Canada I would want to go. I was looking in Sweden and Finland and Germany. It's completely free in Germany. Why didn't I go there? I don't know. But like something, and I'm still trying to figure out what, what that something is, but something was telling me that I should stay in Ireland and study there. Mm. Um, maybe it was less transitions, but I love transitions. Like I love totally shaking the core of everything. So I don't, I don't know um, what the pull was to it, but I don't know. Something told me that I just should go to that one. And like, how has it been switching, like transitioning from traveling all the time to now staying and writing papers and like yeah. the mundane I mean you've academia. experienced that too right yeah it's like it's a, a whole other set of your brain yeah that you use don't you think yeah it was well yeah I traveled for like five six years and then I realized I was paying to work. I was always doing, like, the volunteering, missionary. Like, the main reason why I was traveling was I want to save the world. Like, I yeah. was always, like... Relatable. Very conscious of, like, just alleviating human suffering and eliminating poverty. Like, none of that made sense to me. And anyways, I was paying to work for this organization. And I'm like, I'm tired of paying to work. I want to actually get a job in international development. But I can only do that if I have a degree so I just looked for degrees and the one at UFE, it was like the cheapest degree and I had connections already in Abbotsford, so it made sense. So um, that's how I decided to do that. But I was still living a very transient life because I decided to move into my car and like yeah. live under my van for a while because I couldn't afford, like I didn't want to take out any student loans. Yeah. And that's smart. You, you thought it through. <laughs> well, yeah, I just, I, I kept my cost of living as low as possible and that was how I did it. Yeah. Um, and I worked all throughout school as well. Like mostly I found jobs on campus. Um, but yeah, I was living a really transient life. Then I eventually moved back into a house uh, the winter of 2020 because I was using a lot of resources from the school and the community, like, you know, studying in coffee shops and showering in the rec center and using the kitchen and the student union building. But all that was shut down during COVID because, you know, right. it spread COVID or whatever. So in the summer, it was more manageable because I was basically camping all summer, like cooking on my camp stove and like pooping in the forest and all these other things and then by the winter I'm like nah I can't do a third winter in the van especially now with everything closed so I moved into like uh, one of my friends was renting a room from this lady and she had another room and I just moved in there and then we moved and got a basement suite and then now I, I moved into a small apartment in Chilliwack with my boyfriend and I have really just embraced becoming a homemaker which is so interesting yeah it's weird because I like 
I resisted for so long because I'm like, so as funny. a feminist, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to subscribe to like that typical gendered role of right, like right. being a homemaker. Right. But like, I really enjoy cooking and baking <laughs> and caring for you know my little family unit and, and baking. your plants and the plants. Yeah, yes. actually seeing like a new leaf on your plants is like maybe the most rewarding thing. Yes, that yeah. was the first thing when I moved out of my van into a place was get a bunch of plants because yeah. I'd never had that before, yeah. and also having Dozer, having a dog, like. I'd always wanted a dog, but never wanted to commit to getting one right, because right. it's like they live for a dozen years and that means I can't travel. And yeah. so it's just, I've built a really comfortable life now and I'm like, well, how do I, what do I do? What do I do? Like, cause I want to, I want to leave the country. I like want to pack a bag and go, but I'm also like, it feels like I'd have to give up so much to it's do that. So, I think it's so interesting because I think people like you and I who have these have lived these transient lives, these traveling lives, these uh, ever-changing lives, have this moral dilemma. Yeah. Like a big one, like yours, where you have a really comfortable life and you want to hit the road, but also just like on a, like a macro level so often. Mm-hmm. You're you're in, in like constant debate because yes. you're like, I want to fight the norm mm-hmm. without wanting to always fight the norm, but like yeah. that's what you're, you, you want, but you want something different. You want something more. You want to travel the world you want to help the world you want to like you said save the world Mm -hmm. but you're also like but you know sometimes it's just so nice to like just sit with my plants and and color yeah or relax yeah just relax and not feel this heavy weight on your shoulders like you need to go and do something grand. yeah i also have a fear of death where it's like (laughs) you want to like squeeze every single fear of the of joy. death yeah <laughs> like the death is looming <laughs> yes like like that's why i wanted to travel so much because it's like i want to live this one life like as much as like i want to see yeah. everything there is to see yeah i want to do everything and be everything absolutely yeah and that's kind of exhausting it's, after a while it's 100 percent exhausting but it's also i don't know that i have fear of death um as much as I, everything else you're saying, I want to do everything and I want to live all of these lives. And you can like, I don't like to limit myself and I don't want to be limited either. Mm -hmm. And if I want to do something and I believe this for anyone, if you fully believe it and you fully want it, you can do it. Mm -hmm. You just have to go for it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, I really want to, fix the world like look at the world we're living in i want to help somehow i don't want to just live my life under the radar and then die but like maybe that's also okay mm-hmm. but it it doesn't feel okay if that yeah. makes sense like i really want to do all of the things yeah and i often have this conversation with people about like what because my big thing is like i just want to live i just want to live i really mm-hmm. need to live it's like a sense of urgency yeah but people are like what does living mean to you then yeah and i'm like yo <laughs> yeah whoa Yes. But like, what do you know what it means to you? I have also had to come to terms with like, yeah, I want to live. I want to go travel, but I have to be like, I am living right now in this moment in this apartment with me and my boyfriend and Dozer and my own little life. Like I'm building a life here. I don't need to go to far fun places to find a life. Like I can build a life I'm happy with. That's really hard to transition like, I don't know about your mind, but my mind into yeah. just being okay with that. Yeah. 
And during the COVID lockdowns originally, because I was in Ireland for all of these, but during these, I kind of became okay with it sometimes. But then I'd say probably once a week, you know, I'd have like a bit like, I'm not really living right now. I'm just going for a run every day and like I'm adding a kilometer. I was like in competition with my housemate. We were just like running mm-hmm. crazy amounts. And like I'm baking crazy amounts and creating, you know, because you have the time to actually start a project mm-hmm. and finish it yes. because you're just, you can't really spot. leave. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of nice. Um, but it's just an inner battle dilemma. Yeah. And I'm trying not to look at it negatively anymore. I'm trying to just be like, okay, well, that's okay. Like, if you want that, that's okay too. But it's just interesting because I've come back to Vancouver here just for a couple of weeks and someone was asking me about going to a comedy show. And I'm like, well, I just can never make plans. And even in Ireland, they're like, when are you coming back? Because I fly standby. So they're like, when are you coming back? And I'm like, I'm just not sure. Maybe around this day. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't ever really make plans. So even that, like if you're in a place and like you have built this community, you could be like, okay, let's meet up on this day and like yeah. have lunch and you can schedule that. Yeah. I've never really liked that, mm. but I can see the draw to that sometimes because there's like the sense of organization. Yeah. But is that really living? <laughs> I don't know. I don't Maybe you just thrive in chaos. <laughs> Absolutely. I, yeah. So are you mentally ill? Am I mentally ill? Do you, have you ever struggled with anxiety? <laughs> like, oh yeah. Like moving to these new places or like I struggled a lot with social anxiety and I yeah like part of traveling for me was learning to um overcome that because you kind of can't like if you're gonna travel and meet people you can't you have to like tell your social anxious side to just shut up and don't be anxious it's so interesting because I have anxiety 100% I have like I probably border depression sometimes maybe even like bipolar I don't know ADHD 100% everyone around me that is doing their self-diagnosis is telling me that I am Mm. the epitome of an ADHD person whatever I have a little bit of those for sure anxiety has been like a battle for me a long time until I really understood what it was I used to have panic attacks and I could would just be like unable I'd work Mm. myself up so much that I'd be unable to do something but when it comes to social anxiety like I definitely I get nervous before everything I do Mm. And apparently it's not seen because recently people are telling me that I appear so confident, Mm -hmm. but I am inside so nervous before literally everything that I'm doing. And like even to go and meet some friends the other day, one guy I hadn't seen in a really long time and like a whole bunch of other people I hadn't met. That's the traveling environment. That's like what you do when you're traveling. Mm -hmm. And I got there and I was like, I felt so nervous. I felt like I didn't know how to talk for a minute. And then I just didn't stop talking. So Mm -hmm. maybe it's just like, for me, I think I just <clears throat> confront the fear. I have to dive off the deep end. Yeah. I can't just like wade in the water. I have to. And that's like a metaphor for my life. I have to just go for it. Mm-hmm. It's never made you a bit anxious going to new countries and figuring out like you get to a new country and you have to figure out, okay, I got to find somewhere to eat. I got to find somewhere to sleep. I got to yeah. figure out my bus to the next place and even, no. And then, like, setting where it's not even the same language either. Like, that's never made you anxious, like, through Asia? No, I think that there's some sort of survival thing that I, I'm like, you, you're going to figure it out. You have to figure it out. Yeah. And, like, uh, I feel like I could be dropped anywhere in the world and figure it out. Yeah. And figure out 
all of the main necessities and I think anyone could. Yeah. And I think it's a test to myself so that I don't get too comfortable that I'm just dropped here in the middle of Delhi. When I first got to Delhi, it was crazy, but there was something about the chaos that I just loved. I love that feeling. I love being dropped, not knowing a thing and no one knows me. Mm. No, like no one knows that I'm there. I mean, more so nowadays people know where you are. But, like, when I first started traveling, I didn't have a phone. Like, no one knew where I was. No one, like, it was just me, up to me, and my human capacity to figure out how to survive. And I know that sounds really dramatic because it's not that hard to survive. But, like, just figuring all of the things out that you have no idea. I love that. And I'm craving that a lot right now. Yeah. I think I it helped me develop, like, a sense of trust in, like just trust that everything's gonna work out and that everything is yeah. gonna fit together and work like that's interesting i definitely go off of feelings and mm. energy so that's definitely down the spiritual path and i believe like i have crossed death so many times mm-hmm. but i haven't died in those experiences mm. so i think that timing is everything and like when it is your time it'll be your time mm. you know and I can't fight that. I know I'm yeah. putting myself in situations, but if I, even if I wasn't in a situation like that and it was my time to die, I would die. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, like, I, I have this kind of, like, trust maybe. I don't know. I still don't have great trust in the world or the universe or people. Mm-hmm. But, like, something like trust or belief or feeling that it'll work out or mm-hmm. it might be, like, the super turbulent road, but mm-hmm. it'll be showing me something. Mm-hmm. And it'll be, like, a... A thing that I, I'll overcome mm-hmm. and a story or a story to tell like mm-hmm. many of them are um, but yeah I really I don't know there's so many scary moments I don't know why I keep thinking of India like there's so many other travel trips I've been on but like even I, it, like say for Mexico for instance like I take I take public transport everywhere I go as well because it's the cheapest mm-hmm. so and I try to take the cheapest option and then in high like in hindsight later on people are like girl you were on a night bus there mm. or something and I'm just like well if you actually are talking to the people I mean like sometimes for instance you have your bags and everything on on a night bus and the bus stops and you have no idea mm. why it stopped for how long mm-hmm. some people get off some people get on no idea what the heck's going on mm-hmm. and you really have to pee what are you gonna do mm-hmm. you're gonna also get off the bus and go pee mm-hmm. so like I just go and I'm like to everyone who doesn't understand me, um, like on a on a language communication, but we can understand each other somehow. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, hey guys, I'll be right back. Like, can you just watch my stuff and like maybe just don't let the bus leave without me? Nobody understands me, but they're just like, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And like, people protect you. People yeah. look out for you. Yeah. People are good. I you know? I was like, okay. I had that feeling for a long time, maybe the first like two years of me traveling, I lived in this naive kind of bubble where it's like, everybody loves me, everybody's here to look out for me, everybody's here to protect me, and then I got <laughs> robbed, and I was like, wait, maybe not everyone wants yeah, to look out for me, yeah. like maybe there are some people that that want to harm me and I need to yeah. stay on my toes a little bit Absolutely. more. Yeah. yeah. But I still believe, like, yeah, for the most part, people are good. But that kind of gave me a swift reality check that you need to look after yourself first. Yeah. No, and that's true. I think traveling for so long and, like, living in other countries and living away from, like, comforts Mm -hmm. um, or security in any sense is, like, you're so alert. 
Yeah. And someone was telling me recently, like, somebody who lived this kind of life for a really long time started to become paranoid because mm. they were always having to be so alert. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's maybe a one case. I haven't heard many of those. But, like, mm-hmm. it is something to be aware of. Like, but I do think everyone should have more awareness. Yeah. In general, even if you are in your quote-unquote comfortable life. You never know. What could happen there could happen here. You want to be able to live your life Mm -hmm. and go for walks. And that's the other thing about traveling, too. Like, if I'm in another country, I still want to be able to go for a walk Mm -hmm. on my own. You want to be aware, but you don't want to be going for these walks, like, with all this fear in you, like, Mm -hmm. that you're being followed or that something could happen to you. Mm -hmm. Switching back to, like, careers. You went to yoga teacher training. You you went to 500 hours now. Yeah. And now you're in school for human rights. And you've, like flitted around <coughs> like the, this last summer you were in Vancouver and you worked as you worked in like a restaurant or a vegan cafe like mm-hmm. so many different jobs like would you say you are working towards a career like what what are your thoughts on like having mm-hmm. a defined career and working towards something like that or are you more so like working to make ends meet like just going from one cool opportunity to the other I've always gone from one cool opportunity to the other, or one opportunity, whether cool or not, to the other. Mm -hmm. But I think now I'm trying to take everything, like, I I feel like everything I've done is leading me to, like, the the visual I have is that it's like I'm here, and I have a little further to go, like, all of the webs and all of the branches are leading to this, like, circular ball or something, Mm -hmm. but they're not quite there. And everything that I've done and everything that I've experienced and everything that I've learned is all coming together and it's going to, it's going to be what I'm going to be or what I'm going to do. I have this vision of like really success, but like success, not just like in like a monetary value. I feel like the money will follow, but like it's, it's more success in like, in like helping yeah. Like helping people because I think you can help people on such a small level, even day to day, just in your conversations. And, and maybe I have done that. Um, I'm not sure. But like, I'm just, I'm trying to bring it all together. Yeah. So like what I've learned from tourism, the, the hospitality, like working with people all the time, mm-hmm. you, you hone the craft of people mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then traveling a lot is like, uh, flexibility, adaptability, like these things to make you able to figure out any situation. And and all of that together remain level-headed and perform in stress mm-hmm. and in chaos. And then with all of the academic knowledge I'm gaining right now, I think that's leading me to have the other side of the coin in a way like the the piece of paper that everyone seems to need like you said Mm -hmm. unless you want to continue to pay to work Mm -hmm. um but also just understanding both sides of it because Mm -hmm. you there's so many ways you can be educated Mm -hmm. and this is like a this is like a discipline sit down memorize learn names numbers so many wild things that my brain just doesn't like a mm-hmm. lot of the time, but it has learned so much from that. Mm-hmm. So now it's like bringing it all together. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I see like something big soon, but I also, I don't know exactly what it looks like. Yeah. I have some ideas, but I just, I just want to be helping in like the most positive sense possible. Yeah. 
the world. Yeah. And people in the world. And giving everyone equal opportunity. And giving people a playing field. Yeah. So people can come from whatever they've come from, whatever their background may be, whether it's completely privileged from the Western world or whether it's from a developing nation or whether it's from a war-torn country. I just want everyone to have the opportunity to be where they want to be, to be who they want to be, mm-hmm. and to be comfortable mm-hmm. being that. That's so, a really good vision. That's a good goal. Yeah. I think your background in hospitality is going to help you a lot in your future with working in human rights. Like, yeah. I made the switch from, like, when COVID, because I worked in hospitality in the summers and fishing lodges yeah. um, during university, and then that went bottom up. They're well, not bottom up, but definitely took a long hiatus during COVID. And right. So then I switched over to working in housing and I worked in shelters and I found yeah. the two sectors very, like I'm doing the exact same thing that I did in hospitality, but just with a very different clientele. Yeah. And it, it it's, yeah, it's basically just working with humans and working yeah. with all sorts of different humans with different and it struggles. All helps. Yeah. yeah. And there's so many patterns. I don't know about you if you see them, but like... I I now just see patterns in things. Like I see, like when I was talking about kids, they all do the certain thing because they want the certain thing. Mm-hmm. Or like humans are, there's so many patterns within humans. Like you said, within the shelters and within the fishing lodge, but like just in general, like everywhere I see these patterns. And everyone is just wanting to be able to live mm-hmm. and to be comfortable in their life mm-hmm. and to be okay and safe. Mm-hmm. And I just somehow want to be able to help people get to that. So what advice would you give to people who want to live similarly to what you live, like traveling and finding jobs? And I know you don't like know how you got all the jobs in all the different countries, but like, what do you wish you would have known like 10 years ago, however long ago you started this journey? Like, what would you tell someone who's maybe just starting like, what advice would you right. give for people who well, want Well, first of all, I think it's advice for everyone, including myself, is, like, first, just believe in yourself and your abilities. Mm-hmm. Because you're, you and we and, like, myself, we're capable of everything. Everyone is capable of whatever they want. There are, lim- there are limits that happen in the world, but we can, like, tear those walls down. Um, so I think really trying to find this foundation of belief in yourself, mm. uh, however that looks. And then... If you truly want something, go after it. And then, like, if you're believing in it, you're going for it, and you're working at it, you're putting all of that into it, you'll get there. And if you want to live, like, a life like I've lived, I mean, I think it's just leaning into the discomfort and finding comfort in the uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and then trying to thrive in that in a way. I mean, really just going for opportunities and putting yourself out there and just knowing that it'll be okay whether you sink or swim because mm-hmm. sometimes, like, I don't know, you jump into the into a pool, you're going to go to the bottom, but then you're going to float back up. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a metaphor for life. If you're going to take a, a dive into something you really want, you're, you might plummet first, but ultimately you will float mm-hmm. and or you'll learn from it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just so rewarding what I've been able to see and do and experience, even if it hasn't been, um, like, always amazing. Mm-hmm. It's it's always ever-changing, and we are ever-changing beings. And I think it's nice to lean into. 
you know, like, cause I've been having these conversations with people a lot recently because I spoke to someone I was working with. She was so excited. She's younger and she was so excited to be a mom. And, and like the younger version of me would be like, like, what the heck? Like, why don't you just like, don't, why don't you go live your life? Mm -hmm. Um, but to her, that is living her life. That's what she wants and that's what she's choosing. Yeah. Whereas like we fought for as, as women, we fought for all of these things to get women to the same playing field as Mm -hmm. males. But now we are at that playing field. We don't have to go off and do all of the crazy extravagant things that I feel that I have to do still. Um, if, if what you choose is to be domesticated or to live the home building life or like whatever it is that you're choosing to do, you're choosing it now. Mm-hmm. It's the freedom that you have the choice now mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah. And... I think that is ultimately what the fight is for. Everyone having the choice in how they're choosing to live their life. Mm -hmm. So what's, you said what's next for you then is you're going to Malta soon to do your internship. Yeah. I'm hoping to get there, um, to it's, it's still in the works, but, um, yeah, I'm hoping to go live on an Island in the Mediterranean for a little while and try to help just start by helping people, um, helping refugees, Go through the asylum process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, hopefully it all works out. Like I'm, I usually am until I'm in a place, I don't believe things are happening. <laughs> but um, I think I'll learn a lot there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty excited for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seems really, really cool. I think so too. It'll be a good, good change from... Um, studying i'll be able to mm-hmm. practically use my brain again yes and i really miss that like i love doing i need mm-hmm. to do all mm-hmm. the time um and you'll actually be making things happen that's where i learn the most is actually like again being thrown into the work you yeah. have to figure it out yeah um, that was a part like i struggled with i'm like oh my god i'm tired of just theory 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 yeah like reading textbooks writing yeah. papers memorizing but yeah uh, and then, but during my practicums, I'm like, wow, I'm so glad that I yeah. had that foundation of like all that theory. Cause yeah. now I just feel more prepared to do this work. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it is a discipline. Like half the time in academic, in the academic world, I don't think they're actually like I criticize it in a sense that they're not actually teaching you the material. They're teaching you how to learn the material. Mm-hmm. They're teaching you that you have to write a paper in a two-hour time frame mm. or that you have to know all of these cases or dates or facts in this in your brain for this for this two-hour presentation mm. performance mm. or whatever it is it's more of like a, a life lesson sometimes is what I feel like it is rather than the actual material mm-hmm. and showing you that you can retain the material if you need to retain that material for something in your future when I first transitioned from like knowing, like having world smarts to going to navigate a university campus, I was more, you talk about going and being like in, in a country where you don't understand the language and you don't know anything. And like, that is crazy. But that I was like, put me in the middle of the Middle East, please. Like I need to go somewhere where it's like, so uncomfortable that it's comfortable for me Mm -hmm. because this was so uncomfortable for me at Mm -hmm. first i felt so foreign Mm. like on so many levels Mm um i still do sometimes yeah like i was so far from removed from this kind of studying 
um, that yeah. it has been one of the mo- most challenging things I feel like I've ever done almost. Yeah, because you graduated in 09 and now, and you started in 2020, so that's like... 2020... Over a decade. 2021, maybe? Because I yeah. graduated in 24. That's 12 okay. years outside of yeah. school. Yeah. yeah, so coming back into that yeah. would be so tough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been crazy. It's a crazy, crazy thing. Mm-hmm. Finding the balance of still, like, living and being a broke student who needs yeah. to, like, use their brain for so many things. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts on vocation or finding joy or dealing with mental health? Yeah. Or any other things you want to tell whoever is listening? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a journey and it's up and down and, like, there's so many factors and sometimes you're in the height of it and you can't see out of it and there there is always an out but it sometimes it's just like taking time and breathing and just noticing the slow and trying to bring yourself into the present um that's what i found at least sometimes it's just like having someone to like call and just be like everything is awful i feel literally awful and i don't like myself right now or whatever it is and just letting that out and knowing that someone heard you mm-hmm. and then i don't know trying to work through it but it's never easy but i think i think it's manageable and i think it's worth it mm-hmm. the ups and downs of life even though the downs are like super lame the mm-hmm. ups are super great I literally don't have anything else to say right now. Oh my gosh. I've got a blank. I don't even remember the question you asked me. I got distracted by the birds outside. <laughs> there were, yeah. there, I was just talking and I was like, yeah, you got to just bring yourself into the present moment. And then I was just staring at a robin on it. There was three robins on that tree. Yeah. It was really cool. That's a good They're tree. gone now, but yeah. there was three there. And I was just like, hey, I'm in the present moment. And I was watching the bird and then I forgot everything <laughs> that was happening. So there you go. All right. Maybe that's what you just got to do. Find a bird. Watch it fly. Yeah. Help All it, right. Help it fly. Amen. Amen. And that's the end of the episode, folks. If you've stuck around this long, you probably like this podcast. (laughs) And if you like this podcast, you'll probably like my newsletter and you'll probably like reading my blog or following me on Instagram. So if you want to do any of those things, support any of my other creative endeavors, just go to the description of this podcast episode and you'll find all of those links. And thanks so much for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. And I hope you get a really great sleep tonight with really sweet dreams. Goodbye.